with venom like the viper struck because everybody got a plan into that tyson punch tyson nuggets in the toast to get the slightest crunch munchies is not for brunch mimosas what we lighten up loose lips need to tighten up i'll make all you pussies bleed y'all can cycle up I do We're it all for it. the trees, yeah, Let's I fight go. for love That's I do it all Come for on. my team, yeah, Let I fight for you. us <laughs> Riding so close to the edge It feels there like I'm go. falling down Voices inside of my head I hear them calling me What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We're doing it once again in the safety of the shed. While the world goes to shit, we're okay in here. I want to plug this up front. I want everyone to know we're doing a big end-of-year event, December 5th, Tom's Backyard. You don't know who Tom is? That's your own fucking fault. Where were you when we did Summer Porch Door for all the two dates and then gave up on going anywhere because the shed's pretty awesome and that's kind of what happened to Summer Porch Tour this year. So it was kind of like a half tour, but most people didn't do fucking shit because of the coronavirus. So don't worry, next year we're going to do a full tour. We're going to get back to banging people's wives. We're going to do what we do on a Summer Porch Tour. Just this year was cut a little bit short, but... We're doing, oh, firstly, we're going to be doing Smoke Out Bug Out next week, annual tradition, and uh, we're doing it later than usual, which I feel is like, that's very run your mouth. We need an extension on getting Smoke Out Bug Out done. Uh, and then also, December 5th, we're doing a big end of year event, Tom's Backyard. Uh, it's going to be in Philly. Uh, if it snows that night, I don't know, we're going to do the next Saturday night, but he's putting up a bonfire. Um, we're going to have like heat lamps. Um, we're going to have naked strippers who will just like, you know, sit on your lap and cuddle with you for warmth. So you don't have to worry about being cold, but bring a jacket and, and leave your girlfriend who's super thin at home. If she's just going to be complaining about being cold the whole time, I don't need that kind of energy in my show. That's not what I'm looking for. If you got cold bitches in your life, leave them at home. I don't want to listen to complaints while I'm trying to do a live run your mouth. Okay. December 5th. We're doing a live Run Your Mouth. Shedcast boys are going to be there. They're going to be opening it up. Probably going to have another comic or two on the show. And I'm going to be doing an end-of-year recap. I went through every single Run Your Mouth. I've pulled out what I thought were the biggest topics, some of the best jokes. I rewrote some stuff. Um, you might sit there and go, hey, I already heard this. And then fuck you. All right, so at least you paid me a $10 ticket to hear it again. No, it's going to be fucking fun. I got an artist. Um, you guys should check him out. Hilarious. I'm going to I'm gonna link him into the episode description. MVP Memes. Um, he's working with me. He's putting all the art artistry together. So we're doing it big December 5th end of year run your mouth one year one year recap if you're a fan of the show and within an hour and a half drive you should be at this event. If you're more than an hour and a half, I get it. It'll be hilarious if someone did like a 12-hour drive, fucking came out tailgated in this guy's driveway before the event, and he's just like, dude, we're barbecuing in the backyard. You don't have to tailgate in the driveway. And he's like, yeah, or like just the whole fucking residential street is filled with... That was great. Someone actually came from the summer porch store. Uh, Alex, I think his name was... I might have just fucked up his name, but he came out for both events. He, I, I just love that a dude followed the tour, so please show up, tailgate all day outside of this nice man's house don't do that show up for the event but in all seriousness december 5th be there all right first up we've got this uh michigan militia i don't know if you guys saw that news story but there was this militia out in michigan they tried uh hijacking i think it was the governor uh and at first i didn't even want to like delve into the article because i like i just don't like criticizing people that look like me but then it turned out all of them had hair i was pissed off like i feel like the one thing that usually comes with this look is that people think that you're kind of a badass because when white people kind of go off the edge they shave their head and like they become you know militia people and i thought that all these people would look like me but they don't but then i decided to actually look at what they look like and they kind of represent every different branch of white person and so what we're going to do is in post, we're going to put it right here so you guys can see who I'm talking about. But here's the rundown. First, you've got Patton Oswalt, Fat Patton Oswalt. That's one generic kind of white face. Then you've got like Eagle Face coming in next. Uh, third, you've got, you're, you're, no, 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 it's okay. You can just stay on the picture. We'll just go from it from there. Uh, you've got looks like a nice kid but like ended up doing drugs. I kind of have a mixture of bird bald eagle face and nice kind eyes, but just went wrong somewhere and did drugs. Next one is, I, I call it like chronic fat ass. Like there's two different kinds of fat asses in your life. 
There's like the jolly ones who just happen to be fat, and then you've got fat ass as a personality. That's more of like your Cartman fat. They always want more. You ever see a guy like this? It kind of looks like they got kind eyes, but they got that real square face. You want to avoid that guy. He's a real asshole. Next dude kind of looks like Bill the Butcher, um, but I, I'm just assuming he was the tech guy. Next one has kind of like Ari Shafir's crazy eyes. That's the best I can say of this guy. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Do you see that call a little bit? Kind of looks like <laughs> like if Ari Shafir went really hard on like just did acid every morning until he lost it. Yes, you mean if they the two of them had a kid? Yeah, 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 that's not bad. He looks like, I would just, it's like, I, I bet that he was called Wizard. He's the guy who makes, like, the meth in the bathtub or is making the acid for them. But he's got, like, Ari Shafir. The next one, clearly the one that they didn't want in the group. The dude who always has condoms falling out of his pocket even though he's not getting laid. Also, I shaved my beard because it was starting to grow in the way that this guy's looked. Um, next one is kind of, uh, I'm going to call him Seagull Face. Almost looks like the top of an Indian totem pole. <laughs> and then without any knowledge of the group, and I guess this would make a testament to Alpha and the way human beings are, but I'm going to put money on that the next guy was the leader of the group solely based on looks. Mr. Sid Floyd, what do you think of that call? Oh yeah, he's got the. I kind of thought he looked like Russell Crowe in um, that Showtime show he did where he played the fat guy. Yeah, yeah, he just looks more of a... And then the last guy just looks like a bowling alley rapist. That's basically... I Yeah, I could see that, but definitely not number one. Now, if you had to bet, what kind of odds would you give me? And by the way, for everyone, this is kind of the new format. Sid's going to be uh, running production for the cold open format and then hanging out in the shed as always. So you're listening to the, the one, the only Sid Floyd. Uh, what would you have to bet? Like, okay, there's... Uh, two, four, six, eight. There's ten people here, so the odds of get. I'm not that good at math. The odds of getting, um, yeah, it's ten percent. That 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 should be the true odds, right? Would be that if we randomly picked one of these, ten percent. I feel like you could give me. I would go as high as like five to one odds that that guy is the leader solely based on looks. I'd say eight. You would go eight to one. Eight to one is like enough that I might bet against it. Um. All right. So. Here's what's crazy about this incident. So you got Antifa and BLM, they're burning down shit, I think on a weekly basis. I don't even, it's not outside my, I'll go out, I look outside my window and it's nothing but the great smells of fresh Domino's pizza. That's all that's there. So I don't know to what extent they are or aren't rioting in other cities. I don't know to what extent they're just showing you the one thing that they're destroying and maybe they're not being all that destructive, but it's crazy. They're basically on a weekly basis. It seems like in places like Seattle, you've got BLM and they're, they're fucking shit up, right? But then they do this study, you know, the FBI does a study and they go, the real threat is not these people that are currently destroying cities, it's these other people that aren't doing anything. You know, these people that are burning cities, on a you don't have to be afraid of them, we don't have to be afraid that the people who are currently being violent might be more violent, or more people might go, hey, they're actually out there, you know, being violent and we're going to join them. We don't have to worry about the thing or people that are currently violent we need to be more concerned with the theoretically violent, the people that are sitting at home doing nothing right now. Those are the ones that we have to be concerned about. That Those are the ones that might be the big issue. So then they write this report, and then I called it. I said, oh, this is going to come up. Biden at the debate when they go, hey, how come you're not, con um, you know, how come you're not talking out against BLM and Antifa? He goes, well, the FBI has already said that the real threat to our nation is, um, you know, it's these, it's the white militias. It's the, uh, I don't even know the way he referred to them. But anyways, then you get the FBI arrest some people on the grounds that they're actually going to do something. Um, which I think is just kind of lining up with what the FBI is trying to do. They're trying to paint this picture that the real threat in this country is uh, aggressive white men while these leftist organizations are just burning down cities. I think that's like the way that they're trying to play it. And so that they're trying to find a group that they could go, hey, look, look, I told you there's secret cells of people that are going to be violent. And right away, the second I saw this and Trump, this is why I think this became not such a big news story. Trump played it perfectly. Trump right away, he's like, you're welcome. You know, it's a democratic, you should thank us. We just saved, we saved, was it the mayor? Or the I think it was the governor. We saved the governor. That, that was my FBI that saved the governor. So he was smart because he just took credit for it to go, hey, don't, don't pretend like I'm the one who's not trying to get rid of, um, you know, anyone who's a racist or anybody, any of these white militia groups that are being violent. It was my organization that went and took them out. But I'm just saying right away, 
I was like, I think this is entrapment. I think once this story comes out, once they explore it, it's just going to be entrapment. Take it from a guy that gets drunk and just talks shit in the shed. That's what I'm doing. At least I have this. Thank you, audience, for listening. I appreciate that you're here with me. Because if I was out in the middle of nowhere with my shitty not getting late energy, yeah, I'd be trying to get a group together with guns to play, hey, let's do something about it. And then what happens is, you know, you get together every week and, like, you just pretend like you're going to do something. And then some FBI dude who's way cooler than you, you know, he's actually maybe done training or whatever the fuck he did with his life. He's way smarter. He got into the FBI. He's probably got a good body. And then he just starts showing up to the meetings. And he's like, hey, why don't we just go hijack the mayor? Why don't we go out there and let's, uh, let's, let's kill the governor? And everyone's at the meeting and they're looking over at this guy and they're like, yeah, 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 what he said, because they don't want, they're there to pretend like they give a shit, like they're going to do something. And you got this one loudmouth who's going, why don't we actually do something? I say we take over a city block. And everyone's like, fuck yeah. And then they get home and they call it, they're like, dude, we're not doing that, right? Like, dude, we got to do something about the new guy. The new guy's taking it a little bit too far. And I don't know that that's actually what happened. But I do remember, and this is unresearched, so you can go look this up, uh, but I remember years ago, the FBI busted some terrorist groups in, uh, in uh, like, around the Bronx that was planning on blowing up synagogues, and then found out later, and I believe that the FBI recruited these people, gave them the idea, they took them around along for the ride, but they never would have originated it. I'm willing to best that this is exactly what happened here. The guy showed up, and, you know, either they were just, you know, being dumbasses, or he was actually the one that stood up and said, hey, why don't we really do something here? And then everyone's like, yeah, and then they were never going to do it, and next thing they know, they're getting arrested. Uh, and also, this has to be the funnest gig in the FBI, is that you get to feel like you did the deep undercover work and you busted some terrorists and realized you're just getting drunk and jerking off with dudes in their shed while they try and pretend like they were going to do something. Because I assume that's how those people are running their militias. Don't get weird, Sid. Uh, here's how you prevent <laughs> the FBI from getting into your militia. I've got some suggestions. You're out there. You know, you're trying to you're trying to do what I do here, hoot and holler and pretend like all your ranting and yelling makes a difference. And you get your other friends together to listen to you and you go, hey, I've got two sponsors and I can pay you pennies on the dollar for your skill set. <laughs> Just show up and listen to me yell about things that I think are important. Like I'm actually making a difference. I get it. You want to do that, but you don't want the FBI showing up and then pretending like you were actually going to do something. They were actually making a difference. That's not what you want. So here are some ideas for what you could do to make sure. First, you want to keep proof of the fact that in your life, chronically, you don't actually follow through on what you're going to say. You, you are going to want to have your girlfriends, uh, your teachers, companies, whoever you've said in your life, hey, I'm going to go do something, and then you just never did it, you're going to need those people. Like all, You don't want to piss them off too much because you want those people to at least be able to show up to court on your behalf and go, oh, yeah, he says he's going to do things all the time. There's never any fault. Like, we've done bits on this podcast. You know how many times on this podcast we said next week we were going to do something and then we just never brought it up again? One example that comes to mind, we had some fat janitor who called in. This was years before you guys were hanging out with us. We had this fat janitor called in. And he told us every week he was going to make a new sandwich. He was going to put on 10 pounds. And then he was going to call in and tell us about his journey of weight gain. I never heard from that kid again. He might be dead from sandwich consumption. Or he might be fucking thin, good looking on Instagram, listening to other podcasts for other, you know, health and beauty advice, banging bitches. And he didn't even call us back to let us know that if you lost just, you know, you lose a couple pounds, you could be banging bitches. So fuck that janitor. That's what I was trying to say. Fuck that random janitor. No, the point is we don't follow through on bits. So if you don't want to ever get in trouble in the future for saying you're going to do something that you were never going to really do because you're like us, you just run your mouth, you just say stupid shit, just make sure that you're keeping a pretty good log of the fact that you mostly don't follow through on what you're going to say. That That's important. Uh, the other thing is I think you want to like have clearer marking materials. Like your flyer, it should just say something straight up like, join our group, we're not going to actually do anything. Like we're going to scream, we're going to pretend like we're upset, but no action is going to be like... You know what I mean? You just want to make it pretty clear on the like marketing material, or this is very this is very lawyerly. Not a lawyer, probably should have done that. Um, but just like everything you do, you should just pretend like it's an acting class. Like today, we're gonna to be playing the part of who's gonna kill the president. Like, and you're gonna play the part of the guy who draws up the diagrams. You know, just whatever you're doing. We're hey, we're just acting over here. You know, you, I'm just playing the part of a person who wants to create a financial scam. And then here's the last way to avoid having the FBI 
infiltrate your militia or to getting wrapped up in these kind of things where people are pretending like you're part of militia or that you're trying to do violent shit, uh, you need to go buy yourself some sheath underwear and yo kratom. That's what you got to do. You want to be too cool because people who wear sheath underwear, they don't get busted for crimes like this. If you're taking Kratom on a daily basis, you're too cool to get wrapped up in this kind of nonsense. Because here's what happened in my life. Let me tell you, before I was wearing sheath underwear and my dick and balls were just flapping all over the place, just flapping in the wind, sometimes hitting against my legs. They're not, it's not that long. But sometimes let's just go with the bit. Sometimes it's just flapping along. You're, tr you're trying to go for a jog. Your balls are smacking against your left leg, smacking against your left, right, left, right. You don't have a clear head. That's when you start getting aggressive especially if you haven't gotten laid for a while and you start thinking, I better join a militia. I better I better go hijack the governor. These are the ideas you get when your cock and balls are just flopping around. But you get sheath. You protect your penis. You know every day you leave the house. I don't know what's going to happen while I'm out there in the world. But my penis, it's protected. It's protected by underwear of the finest of fabrics. And it's got a sheath hole. And as long as my penis is in that sheath hole, nothing bad can happen to my penis. And even if the government's robbing me of my wealth... Both through the form of taxation and through inflation, where even if they take some of my money and then I make more money, it's constantly worth less unless I'm forced into risky investments. It's okay, because my penis, it's in a sheath hole. It's protected. It's separated from my balls. It's not too sweaty. And let me tell you, people that make that kind of investment in their life, they don't make decisions like joining militias. They don't do that. So, you know, make sure you get your dick into a sheath hole. Or the other thing is, I bet these guys ran out of Kratom. I bet that's what happened. I bet most nights... They were happy just chilling at home. You know, they were having a good time, taking some Kratom. And then one night, they ran out of Kratom, found themselves in militia. Found themselves at a rally where some FBI guy's like, hey, we got to go kill the governor. And they're like, all right, I like killing governors. Let's go kill a governor. But if they just taken their Kratom because they went to YoKratom.com and bought a kilo for 60 bucks, they wouldn't have ended up with this militia. So let's recap here. How do you avoid ending up in militias? Maybe just get laid. Maybe maybe that would work. You know, maybe just have a girlfriend. Don't live in shitty areas. And if you like shooting guns, I, I, maybe militias aren't that bad. I don't think militias are bad. We spoke to some uh, some boogie boys on this thing. <laughs> People that were trying to get in on the... Uh, what was that term they were using? It wasn't... Uh, it was um, boogaloo. The jiggaloo. Bigaloos. Boogaloo, boogaloo people. No, I think I think being a militia is cool, and I also think sitting around and like plotting how you can really do violent shit is cool. But just pretend like you're acting, uh, and you know, buy some sheath promo code RYM. Kratom so cheap at yokratom.com. You don't even need a promo code. That's the end of that topic. Next thing I want to talk about is he ever gonna finish pissing? I like keep I'm like almost on edge. Like, is he coming back? Is he just is he just standing out there wondering if he's allowed back in? It's all good. Judge Barrett. Did you guys watch any of the uh, Supreme Court hearings? At first, I was like, I watched most of these Senate hearings, but this one's just kind of dumb because it just comes down to the numbers. Like, you know, she's going to get in, so why do I have to listen to hours of this stuff? Um, but I started to get interested. I watched a lot of it. First thing I have to say is the lady, Judge Barrett, it's inspiring for, like, how just smart and well-reasoned she seems like I almost bet that this is the way people felt listening to you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg before she lost her looks you were just inspired you're like man now that's uh you know a lady worth listening to but it was really just a breath of like I don't hate women fresh air because usually you watch the news you're listening to people like Kamala uh Glover Chucker Hillary and Nancy and you forget that like oh there's some smart cool women out there it's incredible that you can't make the Dems happy. You've got a lady here, <clears throat> smart lady, someone inspiring. You're like, man, well, that, that is one capable lady. Uh, Haitian kids seems to cover all of the necessary boxes for Democrats to go, okay, this is the kind of thing that we are constantly talking about needing to promote as inspiring for other people, and yet they're still upset about this. Now, what was most impressive to me about um, the, what, what's her name? I should just get it right. Amy? Was it Amy Barrett? You don't know. We'll just go with the last name. Judge Barrett. We'll go with Judge Barrett. How do you fucking sit through this whole thing? This is the flaw in my personality. Amy Barrett. It's too many names. You got, like, oh, maybe she's going to, you think she'll be ACB? RBG sounded way cooler than ACB. ACB is like, I think you're just fucking up the alphabet. <laughs> ACBC? She almost needs one more letter or one less. Um, all right. 
You got Amy Coney Barrett. How do you sit through this whole thing? This is this is my flaw as a human being. But like the first person would question me, and I would just be like, "All right, you you don't want me to have the fucking job? Fine, fuck you. I'm out of here." That's me. That's why I don't get ahead in life. The other thing, alternatively, I would have thought was really funny is that some of these senators they had a half hour. And they'd spend like 15 to 20 minutes just asking one question. And if I was her, because they only get a half hour, especially if someone went 25 minutes to ask the question, right when they finished, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I wasn't listening. <laughs> that to me would be just the ultimate. Uh, and then also watching this, you just learn like how some people are built, like built different. First is her kids were just sitting there the whole time, which is a little fucking weird. I don't understand why she needs to bring, like, they're almost horror movie perfect that they're all just, like, I don't know how much she must beat her kids at home that they'll just sit there. They'll just, like, the whole time I would have just kept, like, like, poking her, like, can I leave? Like, I don't, I don't care what's going on. I want to get the fuck out of here. And they're not even sitting on the phones. I don't know how they were sitting through there. And then for as smart as she is, and she went on to just be super smart, the opening remarks three minutes about your, I don't care about your fucking, maybe it's just because I don't have kids that I don't get like I don't think that that should be a credential for having the job I'm like I don't have kids because I'm working really hard on this other stuff can't call up a comedy booker like uh give me this comedy special I've got I got three kids that are like who get I don't give a shit all right so the other thing I was thinking watching her is just how do we get more smart people like like I feel like no offense shed dwellers I feel like how do I get the smart people that you let? You're like, shit, I got to go read more. Like, people actually have information. Because normally, you listen to these politics, it's just fucking retarded bullshit. And so you just watch it, and that's about as good as my intellect is, is just to be like, hey, that's retarded. That's about as good as I, I that's my extent of intellect. But how do we get other, like, ladies like this that are just fucking really, really smart, and then inspire you to realize that you're a dumbass and go read? Those are the kind of people... We need more of, I remember I wanted the, like, this is how smart she was. I remember, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. That was the last, and then we went off to, like, all boys' schools to be weird and masturbate a bunch. But prior to that, I do remember, like, I remember there's this, like, she went off, she became a fucking rocket scientist. But that was this person out where, I remember, like, you'd be going into a test and be like, hey, we've got this test in five minutes. Can you give me the summary? And you would get the summary. That's, like, that's how smart this lady was. And then the other thing that I loved about her was that, Part of what she was doing is that she was actually arguing to work less, which I, I respect that. The hell, I, like if you're really smart and most of your argument is like, listen, that's not for the court to decide. I don't want to have to do that work. I, I just that that isn't a personality that I'm attracted to. So the main Democratic argument here is um, first, they're just trying to present that, hey, if she gets in, she's going to get rid of health care. It's not about whether or not voters are going to vote for health care. And it's not about whether or not it's constitutional. Um, it has to do with the fact that we feel that this thing is so important that even though there might be judges to find out whether or not it's legal, or even though there's a way to try and convince voters to vote for free. You can't even, like, if you can't even convince voters to vote for something that's fucking free shit for them, it clearly, it can't be that well-liked or that, you're just saying, hey, I just want to give you this free thing, and for some reason, not enough people are interested in your free thing, which, by the way, we're going to get into this in a little bit. They're, they're, they're lying about the entire framework of healthcare, and I'm going to give you a little bit of that breakdown, but, so they all show up with... Look at me. I'm so special. I've got a picture of a person who's super ill, which is not a very good standard by which to make decisions. And nor is it, it's not that difficult to find one person that's ill. I, I, you, you take a picture of a of Sid on a Tuesday, he's going to look bad enough. Or Mike Nice, you know what Mike Nice looks like after the end of his mail route, after licking mailboxes for 12 straight hours? You know how thin he is? He's emaciated before he even starts. He's mostly been here all night drinking, and then he's got to try and get through a whole day. What? He's got bad knees. He's got a ponytail that weighs down the back of his head, and he doesn't drink water ever, and then he's licking mailboxes, getting disease from all sorts of random people in Connecticut. All I would need is a picture of him right here, and I could prove you of any pot. Like, I could be like, hey, we need less lead poisoning and shed. Look at what happened to this man. <laughs> oh, boy, he's going to listen to that one back. You're, you're a very nice fellow, and I think you're a handsome man, Mike Nice. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, they all just showed up with dramatic pictures to prove their point. Not a great standard for, uh, hey, I've got this brilliant legal scholar over here who might be able to interpret what the Constitution was written by the people that founded our entire country, had a vision for freedom or liberty, or we can make a decision about how it's going to affect this one sick person. Not a great standard. 
But anyways, that was our whole thing. Is that like? And by the way, we could get care for the for the for the, for this person without you know imposing something on people that they don't want. And that's what the entire democratic argument is. Is it's not about the laws, the vision for freedom, the constitution, the the process of getting elected or trying to get legislation passed. It has to do with. But what about this thing that we're telling people that they need? We're trying to lie to people and tell them that they need this thing or that they're gonna fall ill. Even though really we're eroding healthcare at the same time, but we're trying to lie to them and tell them that they need this thing and they don't even believe us, or it might not be constitutional because guess what the constitutional is there for? So if politicians lie to you and they try and tell you that they can do something that they can't, then the con or you know they try and violate your freedoms. The constitution can go well. You're not allowed to violate their freedoms. It doesn't matter how good of a lie you have to pretend like that's good for them. We've got this document here. That guarantee, like, imagine a politician creating some sort of an argument. Hey, we can't have free. They do this all the time. We can't have free speech because it might lead to 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 racists. Well, no, free speech is a really important value. It, it's something that protects our free. We can't have free speech because if people hear enough no-no words, we actually have research that shows that it causes stress and then it, it leads to cancer in human beings. So it's the importance of getting rid of free speech. Well, do voters want to get rid of free speech? No, they think it's super important and they don't want the government telling them what they can and can't say. Well, is it protected by the Constitution? Well, yeah, it's protected by the Constitution. We've got judges that absolutely won't let us implement it. But we know that it's causing cancer. Are you pro-cancer? I got a picture of a guy with cancer here. I know that no-no words occasionally will stress out one random individual of the whole country of 320 million to the point where they got cancer. And are you saying you're pro-death? Is that what you're saying? So I'm telling you, it's that is the argument by the Democrats is that we're trying to create propaganda to say that this is harmful for other individuals. And although no one's voted for it, and it might be against the Constitution. Will you represent our point of view? And the way that they tried to frame this, and the best was the, you can look up the, the I mean, the Hawaiian lady who might be the dumbest person in all of Senate or Congress, just the, the ultimate of stupid liberal bullshit. But she was questioning, uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, we could listen to a minute of her, sure. By the way, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but the verbiage of that is tough. Have you ever asked for unwanted verbal, like, that's a tough thing to, that means really, I think any sexual advance would technically, that's every time I've tried to make out with a chick that said no. Then it goes into related to work and it's like, well, no, not like she groups together two things, one of which. Like, I think probably everyone on the planet has, or maybe I'm not understanding, or she's so... I guess it's, oh, maybe that's, uh, that's actually funny. That might be my sense of self-hatred. That consensual sex I would view as a favor. <laughs> and so when she says sexual favors, she means specifically that like it's a quid pro quo sex. But she starts grilling her. Well, what about are you going to take into a, a um, are you going to consider real world consequences? And what she means is that your law is going to affect real people. What's funny is that that's a bullshit like propaganda term because Amy uh, Judge Barrett handles it perfectly. And she says, well, anytime that there's ever legislation, it's brought by a real person, so there's real-world consequences. And she's trying to use it not in a, in the way that language works. She's trying to use it more, and this is the Hawaiian lady, more in terms of a propaganda, because real-world consequences sounds like a good reason for why you might violate the Constitution and make a decision that's not in line with, because there's real-world con Like, it's not so much what the document says. It's more what the real-world consequences are. And in this case, the real-world consequences are that there are individuals who might not get health care coverage that will end up being sick. But in reality, if you got rid of licensing laws, the free market could take care of them. Moving forward, and uh, I think I articulated that a little bit better and went off on it a little bit longer on part of the problem, but I feel like everyone listens to this, probably listens to that, and if you don't, you should. Uh, Ted Cruz, he had, uh, I recommend watching that. I'm not familiar with all the cases and whether or not he categorized all of them correctly, um, but Citizens United, which just based off what I've seen in the news, I thought made sense to be against. It was basically just the law that um, it didn't make sense that I, I think it was that 
corporations are viewed as people or not viewed as people. And so that as, a, as an element of free speech, it doesn't matter how rich you are, you can put as much money as you want into politics. Uh, the alternative is you could just say, hey, I think money is what's empowering corporations to take hold of politics. So it would make sense to almost like have a salary cap in sports where, you know, you can't spend unlimited money. I, I thought that that's what it was about, but he gives such a different categorization where he was basically saying that it was a, um, it was an anti-Obama, uh, um, Obama administration movie that was going to come out that was basically going to get rid of because it was being funded by corporations. Which in that framework, you're like, oh yeah, that does sound like a tool by which they could really take away free speech. Uh, the other one is where, and he was giving the other side of Roe versus Wade, where she was saying it basically just returns power to the states that no state would have to allow you to get an abortion within their state, which I guess somewhat makes sense. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about all of them, but it was a really interesting and empowering half hour where he was talking about some of the freedoms that the Bill of Rights and Constitution affords us and how uh, the liberal attitude is trying to erode some of those freedoms. Uh, the other thing that was, we don't have to watch it. The other thing that was uh, interesting and worth um, watching was Senator Whitehouse, who looks a lot like the villain from Richie Rich, but he was going on um, about dark money. And uh, the framework of his of his argument was, was really interesting, where he's basically talking about some of the shit that I guess Republicans would care about or might give Republicans more power, um, gerrymandering being the clearest example, other things that I definitely agree with, which is like um, reduced... Uh, I guess, reducing the power of the EPA. Um, but one of the other ones he was talking about was money in politics. Every single one of these cases, and there's 80 cases, and in every single one you've got the five Republicans voting against the four Democrats, and it would seem like the money is clearly influencing these Republicans. Like that, There's a correlation here of money being spent on these specific topics, and as a result, the Republicans are voting in a specific way. It seems like a very interesting argument. I have to do more homework because I don't think every time that it's five to four, like every case that's been five to four, it seems like he's kind of cherry picking stuff to, um, you know, kind of present that the Republicans are like, I, I, all right, I'm not articulating this that well. It would seem that he's cherry picking cases to present that the Republicans are always voting kind of together against the Democrats. We got the same question of, well, then why are the four Democrats always? And then also the money being there doesn't necessarily matter if the end decision that they're making is not a corrupt decision. Um, and so that's something that I, I got to do my research on what he was saying, but in terms of just theater, he was putting forward something, um, pretty interesting that I was like, I think this needs further review. And he also had some very good persuasion skills that I would like to invest some time into as well, uh, for how to look convincing. First is you got to have a di a lot of diagrams. This guy, endless diagrams keeps pointing to die. You can have a diagram about anything. And it just seems like, you know, more like you have a diagram for making sandwiches. It's going to make you sound like, you know, more about like, you got to put this piece of bread with this piece of bread. And then if you put the ham in the middle and the cheese from over, like you see, this is just a hand motion. It's not that convincing, but if you actually had the diagram of all that and then the condiments, you got your wall of condiments, you could have, you know, by the way, I feel like my fan base would actually love a sandwich diagram and all the combinations. Maybe we'll work on that down the line. The other thing is at one point, he uh, he just like kept circling and doing lines. It ended up just looking like a map from Candy um, from Candyland. Um, and then the other thing is I got to get a pair of glasses. He just kept kind of like taking glasses on off on off which every time you do that it's it's almost like they, they do it in action movies all the time with sunglasses but it works just as well with reading glasses and then if all that you can just always go not a good idea he was he was doing like the tupac x just not suck it he was like trying to keep religious forces away as if it was holy water um and then of course he had kamala harris um who for a half hour was uh grilling judge barrett and she went on and on and on explaining how healthcare works to Judge Barrett. So let's just listen to a minute of that. All right, you can pause right there. That's enough. She goes, it's a half hour of, and here's how pre-existing conditions work, and here's how healthcare works. 15 minutes, she's explaining stuff to Amy Barrett that she clearly knows. And they were talking about how um, Mike Pence was guilty of mansplaining to Kamala Harris. 
So when Kamala Harris gets in front of another lady and she overexplains stuff to, to her that she clearly, what do you call that, bitch hunting? Is that, is that a fair term for this? Especially when you're like, uh, uh, wait, can you play a little bit more? Because I, I, I can almost get an impression of. can pause it it's almost like a cunty bill cosby where instead of like you see you know it's like talk to the hand okay i'm talking okay and then the biggest smile fucking shitkin grin smile and then she starts interrogating amy barrett about i i don't even follow what she was trying to like interrogate amy barrett but this is the kind of lady she could walk into a mechanic's like office you know and the mechanic could be like oh okay your car your car's ready she's like excuse me I was talking, okay, okay, I was going to ask a question about my car, okay, you know what a car is, I'll tell you what, a, a car is an important thing that people need so that they can get to their job, okay, that's what I need, I need a car, because like millions of, I have to get, um, excuse me, ma'am, your car's ready, I, I said I was talking, do you mind, I was, okay, and then the biggest fucking shit eating grin, uh, alright, so, just to recap this entire shenanigans, they basically came in with no reason not to pass this lady, and she—they're just trying to present this case that if healthcare is important, uh, and that and it's healthcare is so important that we need to make sure that even if it might be in violation of the Constitution or it's not what voters want, that it continues to exist. That—that that is basically their claim, and that—that—that that, that is a power grab to the to the most extreme. We're like, we don't care what the voters want. We don't care what's constitutional. We're going to decide what is important to people. And since we're going to make the decision of what's important, like that, that's the way that it's got to be. And so you're not allowed to oppose us. So off the bat, these people are fucking lying to you. I'm going to tell you that I don't have a healthcare arrangement that I like. I don't like the way that healthcare works in this country, but you want to get to the core of why it's so expensive. And please, do your own research here. Run your mouth. What the fuck am I talking about? But I'm going to give you my recap of uh, my, my short version of why, in my opinion, these people are lying to you. Firstly, you want to look at the cost in healthcare. It's mostly licensing laws. That That's the real, like, here, here's the bet. Like, I, I know, I, I've said this before, and I know this for a fact, because I got a friend who works in, like, uh, old age homes in, in the elder care is, like, the most expensive shit. You can't open up a new elder facility, elder care facility, I don't think that's the right term, in New York City, unless you currently have one. It's a licensing law. It's a monopoly. They've given a monopoly. I know in Stanford, Connecticut, or you, actually, you don't, live in, you don't live in Stanford, but you're from this area. Everything is under um, Stanford Hospital. There used to be like a ton of private doctor offices. There aren't anymore because no one can afford the like they've all ended up under that branch. I don't think I could just open up a hospital tomorrow in, in, in Stanford to compete with Stanford Hospital. They've got licensing laws. It's like any other regulation where, you know, they, they say we like it's for compliance costs. And then here's the other thing. Early prevention. You've heard this a million times. Like early prevention is like the best thing for kind of get, getting you to like in. This is true of like teeth whitening. There have been dentists. They get these licensing laws so that other people are not allowed to like whiten your teeth. But I bet if you go to those other people for cheaper and let's say you're even dumbass, you got terrible teeth, but you just want to get them whitened. You're one of those people, you know, like you, you get your tan, you get your, you get your muscles. You just want like, I bet that lady, at least if you went to her for $50 to get your teeth whitened, she might be able to, or the cleaning person. When you go to the dentist, usually you don't see the dentist like later. Sometimes you got some other asshole who's cleaning. But those people could probably recognize and refer you to specialists. That's the way that it usually happens. Like, if you see someone who's let, like, imagine if even if I just showed you my wiener, you could be like, hey, that looks weird. You better go see a doctor. That's better than me not showing you my wiener. By the way, my wiener's, that, that's been a joke. And it's going to be an on joke. I got a perfectly good fucking working wiener. I keep saying I don't. You want to, you want to, you want to get it on Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'll send you pictures of, of me and my sheets with my working wiener in exchange for you. And what the fuck, man? I'm finally getting good flow. Are you for real? It's been like weird up until now, and I finally got it going. Oh, and then you finally got sick of it. Oh, you got you got the jewel pods. Oh, you heard me talking about my wiener, and you're like, I better get in there. Um, all right. What was I? Oh yeah, they're lying. Okay, they're lying to you. First and foremost, it's licensing laws. The biggest thing that's driving up the cost of your healthcare is the fact that government has gotten involved in the free market. And that people are not just free to compete. And then the other thing that you got to realize is that typically speaking, the way that 
economies work is that new technologies are really expensive, but over time as they manufacture them more, like as technology gets better, costs come down. I think if you look at the healthcare market, that's not true. The reason why that's not true is I think that there's so much money available to them through the insurance companies that there's, it's like, we, we've discussed this before on the show. It's almost like a credit asset bubble. How do you built in, how do you get built in demand for something and have prices come down? If you force the entire country to get insurance, how are prices going to come down? Or if they can just bill basically to the government, how are prices going to come down? Whatever money is available, made available to a product, it's going to get absorbed by, it's like college costs. You know, you make loans available to college students. It's not that college becomes more affordable. They just go, oh, we can charge more for college. If you needed to pay out of pocket for these operations, technology would get better and you'd be able to pay less. But since there's more money available for these people to charge, it's supply and demand. If you're increasing or mandating, like in other words, these people don't need to, well, I, I guess they don't really need to earn your business like other products because if you're sick, you're, you're going to show up. Um, but if they don't even need to get you to like pay for it because it's just covered by insurance, there's a certain, especially if it's like government, if government's telling you that they are the insurance yeah, well, there's a rationing issue, man. I'm really losing focus. I should have talked about the the more serious stuff earlier on. Not uh, not after a full half hour of, of yelling. All right, so let's go over. These people are lying to you. First and foremost, there's an issue of licensing laws. There isn't free um, free competition. Um, and one of the aspects where I like I, I my dad has a uh, um, uh, sleep apnea. He had to go to a health clinic, you know, overnight for them to very expensive to say that he had sleep apnea. I spoke to a company and they had an app. You could go to sleep. You turn on the app, 97, 98 percent, just as effective as going to one of these sleep centers. They listen to the way you snore. They got an algorithm. They can tell you if you got sleep apnea. Last I spoke to these people, which was two, three years ago, they could only get that license in one or two states. We have no idea what kind of cheap technologies would exist if it wasn't for licensing laws or new people being able to co compete. So we have no idea the way by which healthcare prices are being inflated by government monopolies and by these licensing laws. The other thing is that typically speaking, technology, as technology gets better, prices come down. And I think for one of the traditional arguments is you got to look at LASIK surgery and it's not covered by insurance. Look at the way costs can't come down. That's the way really trickle down economics work is that like a couple years ago, like flat screen TVs, I saw the other day, I actually thought about getting it to be 300 bucks. You can get a 50 inch like 4K TV. And I just don't want a TV in my apartment. But I was almost like, how do I not put a TV for 300 bucks? Are you kidding me? I can get a 50 inch 4K. Like that's fucking crazy good television. Um, but you got to like, I remember when plasma TVs were 10, they were first, they were plasma and they were 10 grand a piece, but economies of scale, they get better. That's exactly what Elon Musk was describing with the brain chip is he was like, yeah, at first it's only going to be available for rich people, but we're going to get really good at the production on this. It's going to be available for everybody. Now, if you create healthcare where rich people can't go, oh, I want a chip in my brain. Guess what happens? We don't get chips in our brain 10 years from now. The way technology works is that at first it's only available for the richest people, but since they have the demand for it over time, all of us get it. Like, in other words, poor people will get cool shit or get good healthcare coverage in 10 years from now if we let rich people go out and buy it. If you end up with a single, like a single coverage thing where, well, I, I think what else will happen, you'll end up with this development like in Venezuela because some of your best doctors will, not, maybe not Venezuela, probably like Panama, they'll all go down there and like all the new technologies. Like I already, I think I've heard Rogan say he's gone to like Germany for fucking stem cell, but that's what will happen. The best healthcare coverage just won't exist in this country, but rich people will still be able to buy themselves better coverage and we want to encourage it because there's some rich guy tomorrow who some kid will have some terrible disease and he'll give up his fortune to trade. Hey, I want my kid just to be healthy. And yes, you and I won't be able to afford that. But because that rich guy made that investment, there's a chance that five years from now, it will be a readily available thing that never would existed if this guy didn't put his fortune towards it. So we got to understand the way we all win by free markets. We win by companies coming in and competing. We win by government not making more demand or making more money available for these people to charge us, which is what exists in insurance. The best article on this, I've said this article, I've quoted this before. It's from George Reisman. He talks about if you go to a restaurant with other people, you go to a fancy restaurant, and you're poor, you might just eat some, you might just order some bread. But if you know I got to pay for this other guy's steak, 
I'm ordering a steak too. That's the way insurance is. We always demand the absolute best because we're not actually paying out of pocket and I have to pay for other people's shit. So if I got to pay for their shit, I want some good shit also. That's the way that that's the way we work as human beings. So and that is that the existence the root existence, you look at insurance, it's because government got involved in the healthcare markets and created incentives for companies to start offering you healthcare insurance. And that's the other part about how the current state of health insurance that doesn't work. You shouldn't be buying it through an employer. The biggest advantage about insurance, like life insurance, is you're able to lock in your insurability. You buy it at a young age, and then even if you get sick, you've locked in your insurability. The current way healthcare works is like every time you switch an employer, you're buying new insurance, you get thrown off your plan. Like the whole thing with pre-existing conditions doesn't make sense. If you're sick, you shouldn't be able to buy healthcare insurance. If you have health insurance and you get sick, you should never lose your coverage. That's the way a real insurance product would work. An insurance product does not work that if you get sick, you can then buy insurance. No, that doesn't work. And it also doesn't work that if you get sick, you get booted. That like so what we have in this like it, what we have is not even insurance. So just to recap here, we don't want government health care. You don't want government health care. Whatever the fuck Obama put together, uh, health care profits are up. There's more demand. He hasn't done anybody any fucking favors. We want government out of this. And if government gets out of this, you'll have some really smart entrepreneurs that come along with really good technology. I promise you, you'll get better care. They are lying to us when they go, hey, if we don't uh, protect for pre-existing conditions, which they didn't do, but I've gone on too long and I spoke about them part of the problem. So, but or, no, I got to say it. they closed the open enrollment period because you can't just buy insurance for a whole year. So when they go, hey, we protected you for pre-existing condition. It's partially true because if you don't currently have insurance and you get sick in April, you can't buy yourself health care coverage. You have a pre-existing condition. They didn't get you anything. You're not able to buy anything. So they're lying when they say they've ex they've covered for pre-existing condition in some cases, which if insurance um, if insurance function properly should be covered anyways or if you chose not to have healthcare coverage at all and you got sick i understand how terrible of a situation that is but insurance doesn't work by then covering you for that we want to be charitable we can government i guess wants to step in and just help out those people because we've decided to be charitable perhaps but insurance does not cover for pre-existing, like those two things are, you know, they don't really exist with each other. But at the end of the day, they're lying because we would get better healthcare coverage if they just got out of the fucking market. But then they get up here and they pretend like what they're doing is so morally just that even if it's against the Constitution or against the will of the voting public, it needs to be done. And the real reason why that is, is that they want to be able to control our health care. They want to pretend like we're doing them a f like they're doing us a favor because that's what that that is the that is the product of government is going. Hey, without us, you guys would be, you know, fucked. All right. So um, just a couple other really quick news topics. That's the end of that. Nancy Pelosi, um, she had a great moment. Uh, on, on the news where follow-up questions is political kryptonite. We spoke about that on part of the problem. Check it out. Uh, here's the news story that nobody's been covering. Uh, and it's just, it's really hard to fucking cover. But while, while all of this fucking coronavirus is going on, banks have gotten a massive bail bailouts and two weeks before they reported basically earnings and everybody's up in earnings. Um, JP Morgan got in trouble for spoofing. Uh, spoofing is basically, it's hard to understand to the extent by which they were manipulating the gold and silver markets. But from what I understand of spoofing, you're putting in orders that you never want in order to manipulate pricing so that you can, uh, I guess put in large enough orders, like at prices that can't possibly be fulfilled. I don't quite understand the legality of it, but then Citibank, they also got hit with a giant scandal of which they're not even saying what the scandal was. They're just saying that they didn't fix it, something that they were supposed to fix. Um, so that's the shit that like, while we're all screaming about nonsense and what I was talking about earlier in the episode with this judge Barrett and actually listening to talk like smart people. Uh, these are the topics that we should really be getting experts explaining to us because me trying to research it nearly no news coverage and me with a little bit of an understanding of like, economics and stuff i'm having a hard time i like from the beginning of this whole thing the uh, trying to understand the repo markets what's been going on with the fed the whole thing is a confusing mess and then last before we get into the uh to the shed cast hang i've got plugs once again uh december 5th um you know book your ticket 
hike the country. I don't care what the fuck you have going on. Show up. It's going to be... It, dude, I'm going to put on a fun event. I uh, I don't know how funny it's going to be because even tonight I thought it was going to be funny and I had my notes and then I just ended up getting really technical and ranting. So it might turn out to be more political than... Or it might also turn out like tonight where I thought I was going to do 10 minutes and uh, the other comics are like, I thought I was doing time and then I just ended up ranting about healthcare. I don't know how the fuck it's going to go. You want to bring your friends to something where, like, how did I end up here? And I thought you said that this was going to be funny. And this guy seems really mad and yelled about healthcare a whole bunch. That might be how it goes. Shedcast guys are going to be performing. I'm going to be tuning 20 minutes. I'm going to try and keep it funny. I'm trying to pull the uh, the best jokes from uh, from all the episodes that I did this year and the biggest topics. I've got an artist working on graphics and probably some other comics who are going to perform on it. It's going to be... It's going to be a fun time, so just show show the fuck up. December 5th, be there. If you're a listener of this show and you're anywhere around Philadelphia, December 5th, I'm going to get a ticket link up over the weekend. Hit me up. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, smoke out, bug out. Oh, if you're around Connecticut, you can email me. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. We're doing a comedy show in Stanford in the backyard. I'm going to be performing. I think BK Chris is coming through. You guys are uh, you guys are going to be dropping some tunes, some beats. What's the, What's the best way for me to say that? Some fire tracks. They're going to be out here fucking rapping fire tracks. You want to miss out on fire tracks? And then, uh, I guess for a select, it depends on how many people come out, but we're going to be doing the smoke out bug out for the shed. We can probably have a couple people in the shed, not too many. Uh, and then also, uh, support sheath underwear, great underwear. Great to have them as a sponsor of this production promo code RYM. And then of course you'll create them. So that, you know, if uh, if you were listening to this and you were starting to get worked up, like, why is this guy yelling at me? It's because you didn't, you didn't take the kratom and relax properly. That's on you. All right, going to take a break and then uh, hanging out with the Shedcast guys. They don't want to see Floyd in that drop top six. Rather see me do a bit and get my shit out of the mix. But pour some milk over kicks and eat a bowl full of... Riding so close to the edge. It feels like I'm falling down Voices inside of my head I hear them calling me now Don't think they'll stop till I'm dead I feel them pulling me down So I escape to the shed And I fall into a cloud One, two, three, four 